Welcome to another episode of Gooch Live. I am here at the shipyards in the home of the Bowdens, believe it or not. Greg Bowden's right beside me. And of course, we are really excited about being here. I'm on an ice rink. Can you believe this is out? An ice rink. And this uh, coming season, the NHL season, it will be hometown hockey, the Jets versus the Canucks. They'll be doing it right from here. So I'm really excited. Obviously, you're watching Gooch Live, brought to you by the good people at the Hockey News and, of course, Sports Illustrated. And I've got my good friend... Mr. Ellis, Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News. Bonjour, you how you doing? Hey, I, I'm freezing actually. I'm in Vancouver and uh, I need a parka. It's actually, I think it's going to snow. Greg Bowden's right to my left here. We're just talking about hockey and he was just filling me in on the great space here. This is actually an ice rink that I'm sitting on and uh, in a couple of months it'll be frozen and uh, they'll be bringing uh, the hometown hockey. So that's really cool. Ron McLean, of course, will be here and uh, of course my Winnipeg Jets and uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, we uh, we had hometown hockey a couple of years ago in Oakville, uh, and I, I got to help out on kind of some of the research and some of the information there. And, and for us, it was kind of cool timing because uh, Matt Luff uh, played his whole hockey career in Oakville, and he had just gotten uh, an opportunity to sign with LA Kings, and uh, that was pretty cool to be to, to kind of find that out at the same time. So, yeah, hometown hockey is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool event. Hey, listen, uh, had a little bit of a juggling act. Gooch gets out to Vancouver. I booked the wrong hotel. Uh, I booked a hotel that was downtown Vancouver, but we're in North Vancouver here. So I had to go to its sister station. Of course, just never ending surprises with Mr. Gooch, but I'm okay. Uh, thank God the Bowdens are here to get me through it. We're right at the waterfront. So it is a really amazing place that we're at, obviously talking hockey. And it is cold enough right now to be playing hockey here in Vancouver. It's raining nonstop. And I hear, Stephen, you guys are sweating there. I wouldn't say that. It's, it's cooling down a little bit, so it's going to be around 21 degrees, I think, Celsius, so not too bad. Yeah, and there's some Robert Wine. We want to say hello to you. Mitchell Jones, great. We will be coming back soon to Australia. Of course, uh, we're just waiting for clearance. Of course, uh, able to get on a flight. And uh, I know how excited you are about that. You were uh, the commentator or the play-by-play for our Ice Hockey Classic. Uh, we just recently had a Paramount Sports. Uh, so we're really excited about that. But right now, we want to talk about the Central Division. Of course, we're going to talk about the Dallas Stars, uh, Nashville, and of course, Colorado Avalanche. Those are the three teams I want to discuss with you. I know, uh, Stephen, this is a really busy time for you. Prospect camps are coming. Obviously, we know that the training camps are going to start next week. Before we get into the teams itself, how are you feeling about this time of the season where it's just, everything's just green? You know, they planted the seeds. Now we're starting to see who's going to come out obviously out of these prospect camps and of course what's going to go on with training camp. How are you feeling about this season? So far, I'm uh, loving the, the start of this all. Obviously, the prospect stuff's a lot of fun. Uh, we I was at Leafs camp last week, uh, getting to see those guys, and now they're playing in Traverse City, which Traverse City Prospect Tournament it was an absolute blast when I got to go two years ago. Jet Pizza, one of the best pizza places I've ever had in my entire life. It was so good. Um, that, that seems to be a highlight of the tournament, not the actual gameplay, even though the games were pretty good. So, uh, yeah, it's been good to see all that. A lot of other prospect tournaments are beginning today and tomorrow, so there's been a lot of action on that. And next week, the, the real stuff begins 
thousands of training camps. So it, it's been good to see kind of everything kind of return to normal. And we are about to have an 82 game NHL regular season. That's awesome. Well, we're hoping we get through that. Of course, uh, obviously, with a little bit of variance uh, changing in the way things are happening here. Uh, listen, then let's talk uh, about the Dallas Stars. Very interesting team. I know that uh, Jordan is helping us. Uh, my producer is putting up some notes. And I didn't really do a lot of investigation on the Dallas Stars. But what I do know, and he's made it very importantly here, uh, Goaltender situation is going to be the known with Dallas, of course. Uh, they did sign Ryan Suter to a four-year deal. Uh, so defensively, are they going to be stronger? But, of course, as we know, uh, the NHL is defined by how good their goaltending are, situation is. What are your thoughts on the Dallas Stars and their goaltending situation right now? Well, right now, the question is, is Ben Bishop going to be able to play? doesn't look like he's going to be. So then looks at the situation of probably being Anton Kudobin and Jake Ottinger uh, and, and Braden Holpe kind of filling that role there. For me, I don't understand the Braden Holpe signing at all. Um, that one made no sense to me, $2 million um, for a year. Um but like when you got Jake Ottinger, who's who proved he could play pretty good hockey last year, uh, yeah, I guess you want to get a veteran upgrade. But at this point, you still got Kudobin, who's there. He still can be a good goalie uh, when he's healthy. Uh, and then Jake Ottinger, you want him to get as many games as possible. He is the goalie of the future there. So um, it's kind of interesting to see what why they brought in Holpe. I guess the concern is they don't have a good third or fourth goalie right now where they can call in as a veteran if Andre struggles or if Kudobin gets hurt uh, and, and the goaltending situation can sink this team if it doesn't work out well. Um, so the, the Brown Holpe, I, I think Holpe's well, we, we know Holpe's best years are way by, by him at this yeah. point. He wasn't good at Vancouver. I'm not really concerned, uh, convinced he'll do much in Dallas. So uh, it's kind of a weird one. So where do you see the uh, the Dallas Stars as far as the forwards? You know, they have Sagan. He only played uh, three games last season. And, of course, Radulov only played 11 games. These are some of the guys that they were expecting to have a little bit more offensive prowess from. Uh, they obviously need a direction change. Do you see anything in the pipeline for the Dallas stars when it comes to their full recruit i don't uh I, I think Roger Lofskin to the point where he's kind of fully regressed. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he missed, even if he's healthy, I wouldn't be shocked if he missed Russia's uh, Olympic team. Um, so I'm, I think that, that last year obviously didn't help his case, not being able to play much. And then with, with Sagan, this is a guy who like, remember the playoffs when they went to the final, he was pretty much invisible the entire time because he was playing hurt. So uh, this is a guy who hasn't played good hockey in a long time. And you, these two guys have supposedly come back, supposedly at full strength. Well, we'll have to see how that really is. Cause that's a long, an extra long way off in those cases um, for um, competitive hockey because of just how weird everything's been the last couple of years. Um, so other than that, they didn't really do much to kind of address other concerns there. Uh, obviously, Jason Robertson, I thought, played, well, uh, not, not just me, but Jason Robertson was great last year. But who else is going to do the scoring for you? Rupi Hintz is good. Garyanov's good, but he's not going to like change the needle too much. This is not a really strong offensive group here. Well, of course, uh, Captain Jamie Ben is one of the leaders that you we we know. There's a little bit of a situation with ownership, and and not trusting and believing in the in the group. Uh, how do you think that affects a captain? Obviously, you know, with all the criticism that they took, and they still uh, managed to you know put together a good effort, not a great effort. Uh, how do you see the ownership and the way they conduct their business, sir? 
that that's more of an internal issue, I guess. We we only see some some quotes, so we can't really get a good view of anything that's going on there. So it's really hard to say. But obviously, there was the comments a few years ago, like the the, the guys like like uh, Ben and Sagan got to be better, and, and they were better in the immediate aftermath. And I think that you know, if you get that public men- message out to the players, the the players can't hide from that. The focus is on them, and they got to really do better. And they brought in another veteran for last season for a couple of years ago. They brought in Joe Pavelski. It's like, okay, how important is he going to be to this team? And he was really good last year, but this is a guy who's also 37. He's more of a veteran at this point than he is going to be a leader offensively, I think, in my opinion, going forward. All right, then. Obviously, we, we're going to go to Nashville. Uh, I just recently read that they uh, uh, basically traded away Ryan Ellis to Philly. I didn't notice that one, and through all the changes that were going on, I really like Ryan Ellis. I thought he was uh, very solid, in obviously, in uh, Nashville. What are your thoughts on this team? Obviously, uh, they did sign their goaltender that they want, uh, Saros, four years, $5 million a year. Pretty good deal when you think about it. Uh, Michael Grunland, four years, five five million deal. So I think they've got some pretty good pieces in place. But it's going to be the Nashville Predators without Pekka Rini, who has obviously been stalwarts uh, over the years. Yeah, Rene's last two years kind of were just a wash. It was just like, let's get to the end of this contract. Clearly, it's not his net anymore. And let's hopefully hope that Saros ends up being the guy that they were expecting a few years ago. And he started the show up. He's 26 years old. He's finally kind of the to become the guy that they're looking for. Um, he was the guy last year. He was really good. Uh, this is a good situation. They're the back of goalie. David Redich, not convinced about him. I've never really been a fan of his play. He's been kind of really shaky kind of for the majority of his career. Yeah, he played in the All-Star game two years ago, but it was just they had to send a representative essentially and that was the guy uh, that he didn't end up playing that well pretty much afterwards but for Nashville I don't see this being a great season for the team um, there's, there's questions on whether Philip Forsberg is going to leave um, after that you know Cody Glass Cody Glass this is a chance for him to really kind of showcase why he was a top prospect and he hasn't really sh- he didn't show that in Vegas the Predators are not going to be a super high scoring team because a lot of those guys that are making big money like Ryan Johansson like Granlin, like Duchesne, have not proven to be big-time offensive guys that they were on other teams or what they were expected to be. So I'm not predicting this to be a great season for Nashville. Yeah, they got their goalie, but and they got some solid defense. Their defense is good as always, um, but this is still just not a, a great group. I'll tell you, Matt Duchesne, I've always liked him. Obviously, uh, he just hasn't seemed to be himself the last couple of years. Why is that? Like, he is so talented, uh, but yet, you know, you move from team to team, and, and with Nashville, you know, he could be the leader there he just hasn't stepped up and 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 shown that opportunity yet I think a lot of cases, like a lot of things, the again, Nashville's never been a high-scoring team. This is a group that when they're good, it's because they just shut out everybody. So Nashville doesn't have a lot of guys for him to work with. Uh, at the same time, you know, he, I, I can, I, I just felt like he was almost overrated his entire career. You look at, it, he lost a little bit in Colorado, wasn't great, didn't play well in Ottawa, hasn't been good in Nashville. I just think that maybe he just wasn't as good as a lot of people thought. At best, he's a number two center, but he's making eight million dollars, and that makes things look a lot worse because even if he goes to gets a 55 point season next year look at the salary and say this guy's not worth it so uh, nope. i think part of it is just the contract that makes it a look a lot worse and that maybe he should have never gotten that in the first place <laughs> 
and that $8 million ticket doesn't give them the opportunity to move them very easily if they do decide that they want to move them. Uh, there is one player that I really want to do a shout out for, uh, Ben Harpoor. Uh, ben came and played uh, with us at the Ice Hockey Classic in Australia. One of the nicest guys I've ever met, and he's got an Australian passport. <laughs> Uh, so I do want to do a shout out there. Uh, obviously, Roman Yossi, the captain. Yossi, the captain. Uh, I, I like this guy. Obviously, you know, he's he is a real leader, uh, not only on and off the ice. How does a guy like that look at this team over the years? And it just has not gotten to where they want to be. Do you get frustrated as a captain saying, God, guys, give me some tools to work with? For sure. Um, you, you look at it and like this guy's been loyal to this team. He's been he's been here since basically his entire career has been in Nashville. So he, he's a very important piece of this puzzle. And when they trade away Shea Weber and brought in PK Subban, you look at it, you trade away basically the biggest name of the franchise the team had ever had at that point, an Olympian, a good gold medalist, um, the guy of one of the hardest shots we've ever seen in hockey. And you move him away and all of a sudden you're this young defenseman and you're thrust into this role of, okay, I got to be the number one guy. And he's been that guy. Um, but then you get a guy like Matias Ekholm, who I thought he's been pretty good. Uh, you, they've had good defensemen around him this entire time. It's just they seem to put such a focus on defense. And then also, in this case, a lot of physicality. Uh, I believe the only defenseman that's signed by Nashville that isn't like 200 pounds or at least 6'2", is Dante Fabro. Dante Fabro, uh, again, not, maybe not the guy we were really expecting him as a prospect, but he's still a decent young defenseman. He's only 23 years old. So, um, yeah, they, they definitely need to get some more pieces around. They put in the, the resources in the blue line. What can they do up front? And that's something they just have not actually ever seemed to figure out. They had that one little period of time where they had um, uh, they had Peter Forsberg and Paul Correa, and that was really cool. But that was for like half a season, and then that was it. That was the only yeah. time. They, they were gone, and Nashville kind of just hasn't figured out how to get the offense ever since. Well, I'll tell you, I want to go back just really quickly. Uh, Pavelski, uh, back in Dallas, I know uh, uh, Jordan's being very kind in, in throwing some numbers up here. Uh, Pavelski had 51 points in 56 games, and then you look like at a guy like Duchesne, 13 points in 34, 34 games. I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted about the Duchesne thing because I always liked him. I've always thought that he, you know, he's going to have a breakout year and Nashville needs something like that. So I think, you know, when you look at their goaltending, they've solved that. Uh, obviously, as you'd mentioned, their defense is solid, but they have just not been able to get over that hump of getting that, that, that offensive guy that's going to make you feel, hey, he's going to lead this team. Um, let's just discuss well, I'll, I'll that. I've, like, obviously, last year and this year, were, the last two seasons were, were shortened, but he hasn't played a full season since 2014, 2015, if I'm correct. Right. So he's missed, like, there's been times where he missed a couple games at a time, but he has had injuries. He has other times where he's missed games. He has struggled to play a full season. So there's that, too. Right, but why doesn't a team then look at that, understand that, and Nashville needs offense? Why, over the offseason, didn't they at least try to attempt? You know, when you're paying a guy $8 million and he's not he's not there for you, you've got to be able to bring somebody into that that offensive part of the game that they need so badly. It's it's tough. Obviously, yeah, that would be ideal, but this is a team that's never been huge spenders. Like, they have $11 million in cap space. They could have done something, and they haven't. They, they got Philip Forsberg's contract, who, if he's gone, like, that's going to be $6 million off the book. You've got to find a way to replace this. Next year, their defense, I believe it's like it's Roman Yossi, 
Philip Myers and Dante Fabro because he's still on his entry level contract. If no, no, he's on a second contract. Uh, all three of those guys uh, will be the only ones left on the blue line next year. They're going to have to have an overhaul. So when you're looking at that, it's like this team has the money to spend. They have the cap space. Do they have an internal cap that they're running with? And that is what it seems like because this team never spends to the cap, and they right. always are missing like one or two pieces that it looks like they can go out and get, and they never do. Well, Jordan has brought it up. It's $11 million in cap space, so they can make some moves here. And when Yossi leads your team with 33 points in 48 games, you have to be looking at doing something. Hey, listen, enough about Nashville. This is a team that, uh, you know, I've heard everybody saying that Tampa Bay may repeat. I still believe that Colorado, it's their year. It's a must year as far as I'm concerned. And they did some pretty good movements. Obviously, they lost the goaltender, but they re-signed uh, Landis Cog, which I think you were, I think we talked about this. I know Jordan and, and Paul and I talked about it, how they even had any type of disarray with this guy. He should have been signed immediately. And of course, we know what that did. He got an eight-year deal. Is there still things lurking in the background? You know, is his personality saying, listen, they didn't really want me. They didn't really, you know, take care of my needs. Sure, they've signed me, but where do I stand now? I, I don't think that's going to be an issue there, uh, I think, for them, because they still signed him. Like, yeah, they did. They, they waited a little bit, but they still signed him before the free agent market opened. They signed him the day before. They signed him while they could still maximize his contract. So uh, I don't think that's going to be too big, big of a concern because, again, they, they did sign him a good enough time. Um, but when you look at the rest of this team here, this is the one that did have some changes. Obviously, Phil Grubauer is now in Seattle, and that leaves Darcy Kemper, who he has had injury issues, but when he's healthy, he proved he could be a huge difference maker for an Arizona team that really probably shouldn't have been a contender for the playoffs for the couple of years that he was there. He might be able to go really lead this team. And he's only 31 years old. He's got a few more years of good hockey. Um, he is a free agent at the end of this year. So he's kind of playing for his next contract here. And, and the hope is, yeah, it will be in Colorado where they can continue to be a competitive team. They got some good young guys there. Uh, I wrote a couple of stories about the Avalanche actually this week. I got one coming up next week on um, Justice Ununin, the, the, they basically look as the goalie of the future for this team. And that will probably dictate how long Kemper stays in Colorado. Um, but w- when you're looking at this, it's like they've got the pieces that were there last year where they just fell short of the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and last year can be a big disappointment because that group obviously was very strong um, going out there near the top of the league all year long. And um, this is a group that they need the, like McKinnon and, and those guys, like the problem is those those star players are very good, but they also have had problems staying healthy. Kale McCarr missed some time last year. If this group was fully healthy the entire season last year, I think we're talking about a different result uh, that they're moving on a little farther than they ended up doing. Um, so I, I don't really have a lot of concerns about this team. This is the team that I think will be the Western Conference uh, finalist here, or Western Conference well, uh, representative, is- I should say, in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, but you also think about this, you know, obviously there's been some big signings with defensemen this year, of course, and McCarr is no different. Six years, $9 million per season. Uh, this is a young stud. This kid is going to be around for a long time. They've locked him in for six years at $9 mil. Does that put any pressure on a kid like that? Like, he, he's young and dynamic, but, you know, comes with the money, comes with a lot more pressure. I don't think so in his case because he's kind of got the world out of his hands right now. This is a guy that has just rised up to the NHL so quickly and it's been so good. And it's like the more he plays, the better he gets. It's not like he's... Uh, 
like, like, like for me, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, it, the market right now is teams are spending big money on important defensemen, and we're still waiting to hear about back on what will happen with Quinn Hughes. But when you look at this, it's like they, they show the confidence in this guy. We believe you are going to be the star that takes us uh, forward. And you look at a team like Tampa Bay, and they've got a star goalie, they've got a star defenseman, and they've got many star forwards. Colorado's almost there. Colorado, Darcy Kemper, I can't say he's a star at this point, but he is, in my opinion, the third goalie for Team Canada at the Olympics. So he still clearly is a pretty good goalie. And if, if he plays better than Flurry, maybe he's the backup. So I do think that this is a group here that's just got so much going for them. They've got the, the blueprints here to be a winning team. They've got really good depth. Valerie Nutrushkin, at one point, it looked like his career was completely over after getting no goals in, I believe, 55 games of the Dallas Stars. And he's ended up becoming one of the yeah. best two-way centers or two-way forwards in the entire league uh, in terms of reliability. He's very good defensively. Like there's so much good about him uh, in the situation. And when you've got guys like that playing depth roles, this group's going to be so good. And then you've got a guy like Kale McCarr, who's so important to your team. And you've shown that you're, you're dedicated to him for the future and Landis Cog. I think this is looking pretty good for Colorado. Hey, listen, before we let you go, what a location I'm at. I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see if there's ice here. I feel like there's ice because I'm absolutely frozen. There you go. Uh, right behind me is Greg Bowden, and he's uh, surveying the city. There's a, I think it's called a Joey Shipyards. We're going to go there and have uh, some lobster, he tells me. Uh, I don't want to leave the, the Colorado Avalanche just yet. They are, in many opinions, a cup favorite. I want to hear from Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News. Do you believe they're a cup favorite? Do you think that they can make this next step? Because one of the things that Jordan had pointed out here is Kemper's only started 30 games or more once in his career. So it's not like this guy's been a stalwart and he's 30 years old right now. So you're you're relying on Kemper to be that guy. I always thought that, you know, goaltending wins you the cup. So if you're already anointing Colorado being in that, where do you see it falling off? Or do you even think that they are a huge cup contender. See, before Grubauer went to Colorado, uh, and then obviously before Kemper, Grubauer was a guy that you looked at his stats and said, this guy can be something. He just needs more playing time. So he goes to Colorado and was quite good. He was obviously very good this year, past season. He was a very important goaltender um, that Colorado ended up letting go. You bring in Kemper, same guy. You just need him to be able to play more games. But in that case, it's just he needs to stay healthy. And that's been such a problem that this guy, yeah, he hasn't been able to play a lot of games. But you look at that season when he played 55 games uh, in 2018-19, he was outstanding. You look at the last year, he was pretty much the only reason why Arizona was even like looking like a contender. To, and then ended up, they did make the playoffs, and he played quite well considering Arizona. Arizona didn't make it out um, in that one. But when, when you look at that, it's like he just continues to play really good when he's healthy. He just has to stay healthy because he wasn't healthy this year. But this, this is someone where you look at the underlying stats and you it's like he can do some big things with a good team in front of him. He now has the good team in front of him. That's like the thing. He played in L.A. where he was outstanding. He was like 10-1, like 3, I believe, the one year he played. He was great. And, and LA was still a, a solid team at that point. He goes to Arizona, a team that can't score, and he's having to do so much of the heavy lifting. Goes to Minnesota, start his career in Minnesota. He was saving a lot of games for those teams. Like, the early days of his career, it's like, man, this guy could be something big, and he's playing some great games. Now he's finally got a championship-caliber team in front of him. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to be one of the best goalies in the league next year. All right. Jordan does point out, though, he's been very good in tandems, and I'm not sure Colorado has that for They him. don't. They Listen. don't. Frank Cruz is not the guy that – like, if, if Frank Cruz is thrusted into the starting role, that's a bit more concerning. 
um, because while he does have flashes of, of, of great play, if, if it's him and Jonas Johansson, Jonas Johansson might have been one of the least capable goalies I've ever seen at stopping pucks when he played at the Buffalo Sabres. I know it's a Sabres, but like, this guy just looked yeah. lost out all the time, and that's been kind of his career. He looked pretty good at the end of his uh, of the season last year with Colorado filling in, but you don't want to be having to put either of those two guys as your number one. I thought that was Carter Hart that couldn't stop a puck, for God's sakes, remember, in Philadelphia. Hey, listen, as I let you go, I want to hear it. I've got uh, talking with Taylor tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, we're talking about the Central Division. Who's Just give me one, one line on the Winnipeg Jets because I don't want to spoil it for Scott Taylor tomorrow. Your thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I'll say you would like our preview that we did, our video preview about the Winnipeg Jets, because we kind of believe that this is finally the, the Jets team where I at first it. I wasn't convinced, but I think this team's going to really make some noise, and conference final might not be a crazy thought for them. Who wins the division? <sighs> Colorado. All right. Now I don't like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank hey, you hey, so you know much. What? Winnipeg doesn't win the division. You know what? There's less pressure on them. That's yeah, true. Same. Good point. And listen, I can't thank you enough, Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News. You're always there, and we love your perspective. We will see you next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Stephen Ellis from the uh, Hockey News, of course. Hey, don't forget, you can see us on Facebook, Instagram. You can go to Apple Music, CR, obviously the podcast. And, of course, don't forget Spotify. As I wrap up, I am here in Vancouver for a big reason. I am skating tomorrow with Norm Bowden, the original Jet, for the Battle for blood cancer, and we're certainly going to do a dent in helping raise a bunch of money for that. And listen, I want to thank you for spending some time with us. I have to go early because you know what? I need to go get a parka because it is that cold in Vancouver. I'm here for only four days, and it's going to rain all four days. But thanks to the Bowden family, Greg Bowden, I want to thank him for getting us in such a, a great place in North Vancouver. I will tell you about my hotel experience on our next show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Gooch Live, brought to you by those good people of the hockey news and of course sports jordan great job thanks you've been listening to gooch live with your host carrie goulet better known as the gooch brought to you by the hockey news and sports illustrated 